Welcome to the Honeycomb Podcast with Sydney and Tacey. We can't wait to chat with you. Hi, sweet honeybees. Hello, everyone. How's it going? I know you guys can't answer, but we wish you all were here. So we're just going to pretend like we're all in a big room chatting and catching up. And this is absolutely just so sweet. And Tacey and I are so excited for this Q&A episode. Um, And we missed you guys. We haven't recorded a podcast in a little while. So we're so, so excited to be back. Yes, we're so excited, and thank you, everyone, that sent us in questions. It's so fun that we get to do this. So, um, yeah, we're just going to hop right in. We have a ton of questions to answer, so we'll just see um, however many that we're able to get through. But we're super excited. Um, Sid, do you want to take it away with the first question? Yes, I would love to. So, um, the first question we're going to start off with is, what is your daily routine for spending time with God? Do you want to answer? Oh. Yeah, you can go first. Okay. Um, so this sometimes looks different um, depending on if I'm at school or if I'm at home. Um, I for sure always love to start my mornings and start my days with God. I definitely am very pro quiet time in the morning, right when you get up, kind of like the first thing that you do. I just really think it gets my heart in the right posture for the day. It really just um, reframes my mind for the day, whatever um, is to come my way. And I just think it's so important that um, spending time in the word in the morning and in prayer also just really helps us to arm ourselves um, just with the armor of God and just whatever comes in the day, whether that's worldly opinions or lies of the enemy. I just think it's so important to just really spend time with him right in the morning and just um, enjoy just the silence and peace um, in his presence. And also at home, I've honestly been getting a little more creative with my time with God. I feel like there's not a whole lot to do with COVID and regulations um, honestly being more strict. Um, so definitely a lot of family time, which has been sweet. But honestly, I really just, even whether it's in the afternoon or at night before bed, if I just find myself not having a lot to do, I just am like, well, what better way than to utilize, even though it feels like I have all the time in the world I'm like oh I'm kind of bored I'm like no 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 like this one day I will look back and be so thankful for the abundant time I got to spend in the word so I'm really trying to not be lazy even though the enemy will just throw laziness and just really try to distract me from not spending time with God when I do just feel those tugs of him in random moments throughout the day where I'm like well I have nothing else to do so yeah Jesus let's let's hang out for a little bit honestly it's been so so cool like I feel like I have not gotten into the word as much in my life and in my walk with faith than this season. And it's crazy, but I'm really thankful for it. So that was very long-winded just because times look different now. But yeah, what about you, Sid? Oh, I love it. Yeah, I would say getting into the word in the morning is so important. But then again, during this season, like every single day looks so different. And so... Mm-hmm. um. I think that God has really just, like, released some, like, chains that I had built up myself with, oh my gosh, but I have to have, like, this set schedule, and it has to be Mm. the exact same thing every single day, and almost, Mm -hmm. like, performing and trying to, like, be perfect um, Mm. in my quiet time in relationship with the Lord, and 
I've just really had um, a humble posture with my daily time um, spent with God. And I think it's really amazing if you do have a routine um, or things that kind of make your quiet time and spending time with God more of a routine to get you in the headspace of like, hey, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to spend time with my Heavenly Father. So if that's like going and getting a cup of coffee or um, playing worship music before. Um, and lately I've just really been trying to, um, I listened to a podcast a little while ago. Um, and this is something that I want to implement into my quiet time and maybe something you guys, um, those of you who are listening can um, just, you know, gain something from is like, how much do we like talk to God and ask God versus how much are Mm -hmm. we just listening to God? Like just sitting and saying, Hey God, like, I just want to listen to, to hear what you have for me. And so like sitting in prayer, but like sitting in silence and seeing if like, there's a thought like God just like floods your brain with, or if there's something that is on your heart that's really just like beckoning you to go and like work through or talk through with the Lord. I think that, you know, we've kind of gotten so overwhelmed with, oh my gosh, I have to do X, Y, and Z and I have to pray and then get in the word and then um, journal and like do this devotional and da, 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 da. And sometimes that is just so overwhelming. And I think, um, really just in this season, God has wanted my heart and me and not all of the things that I used to like check off my list of like, oh, I did my quiet time this morning. I'm not going to go read my Bible before bed. And it's like, okay, let's shift that to, okay, I had a really great time in the word this morning, but did I, did I ever sit and just listen to God? Um, and like praying throughout the day about little things. Um, I found it super helpful. I'm actually in a um, prayer group for her gathering, which is a women's ministry that I'm a part of. Um, and, uh, every weekend or not weekend, every month, um, our leader and like founder Cynthia sends out a prayer, um, like screensaver. And so I have that on my lock screen. So that's something that you guys could maybe just implement or like make or do. And we could even do that on the podcast, but just little things to pray for throughout the day or throughout the week. Um, You know, when you pick up your phone and you look at your lock screen, if you're just looking at the time, then you see something and it's like almost a sweet reminder to like take a moment and pray um, and do that. And that was super long-winded as well. But um, I think that it's just important to make your time with God, something special and something um, that's unique to you and not everyone's the same and it's not going to be a cookie cutter answer. But like the most important thing um, that I just want to encourage all of you with is like getting into the word until it gets into you and being able to just have that on your heart and also just spending time, real time with God. Like Someone could read the Bible for 50 years, all day, every day, and still not have a relationship with God. 
And so it's so imperative that, you know, we just set our hearts on a posture of wanting to get to know Jesus through the intimacy that is prayer and through the intimacy that is reading his word um, and fully wanting to just like consume it and have it consume our hearts and our lives and everything that we're living for. So I love that. Yes, that is amazing. Um, and kind of going off of that too, this really just reminded me of another question that someone asked about um, what advice we have for to give to someone on how to overcome their fear of getting into the word. And I feel like it's just so important to remember why we have the word and why we spend time with the Lord. Again, are we spending time with him to say we did and check it off our list and agenda, which I have so felt that before in different seasons of my life? Or are we getting into the word to hear from God, to learn from him, to see how Jesus lived, to just literally, like Sid said, get into the word until the word gets into us. And I was listening to a podcast as well um, from Jenny Allen, and she was at the porch, um, um, one of the church's podcasts that I love to listen to. And she wrote the book, Get Out of Your Head, and it's super popular right now. I'm reading it right now. It's so amazing and so applicable. Um, And she was even just saying how imperative it is to just know how much we need Jesus. Like, we don't want to just be relying on him for an hour in our mornings or an hour at night. Like, we want to be relying on him of every second of every day Um, and even just viewing, getting into the word, again, not as... um, a task, but we can be getting into the word just by meditating on it all throughout the day or by reading a devotional midday or by being like, okay, what did I like just taking a second to stop and be like, what did I read this morning? Like, how is this applicable to my day? And even asking God to let what you're reading and really just sustain you throughout the day, I feel like is huge and something that I'm convicted of, I think with just overwhelming thoughts um, or anxiety or whatever you may be walking through I 100% can relate to that and that was such a good reminder that Jenny Allen had of kind of where these thoughts stemming from and why are we getting into the word we we need his word not to just appear to be a good Christian that's you know looking on the outside like oh we're doing all the Christian things like no 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 God designed his word because he knew on this side of heaven in human form with temptations and fleshly desires and struggles and trials and sufferings and the lives of the enemy. Like we need his word and it's, it's a gift. It's, it's because he loves us and he wants to spend time with us. So yeah, that's kind of my tidbit on that. If you have anything else that if not, we can totally move on to other questions too. All righty. So our next question is, um, what is your favorite Bible story that you'd recommend reading? I love this question so much. I love this question too. Do you want to answer first, Sid? Sure, I'd love to. Um, so just a little like fun story, just because we're sitting here chatting, and I love this story. So my big Allie, um, for those of you who don't know her, she's incredible, amazing, love her so much. But this is just like a funny little story about reading Bible stories. So I'm studying judges right now. And 
um, Allie was, like, super, super tired, and we were gonna do, like, a little quiet time before bed. He was like, okay, Sid, we're only gonna stay up for, like, 30, 40 more minutes, right? And I was like, yeah, so we, like, did a little quiet time, and then I was like, oh my gosh, Al, like, I just want to read you the story of Samson in Judges, and this was, like, it's probably, like, three or four chapters, and I just began reading and reading and reading, and she was... It was so funny because I was having like the time of my life like reading this story and she's like half asleep on my bed. She's like, Sid, I love you. I'm sorry, but I just, I got to go to bed. Like <laughs> I have to go to sleep. I'm like, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. You know, story of Samson, you know, Old Testament judges really will put you to sleep. But it was so funny because there was a part in there, um, very beginning of the chapter where it's talking about how um, this angel came to Samson's mom and told her, like, all of the things that her son was going to do and, like, how God was going to use Samson as a deliverer. And so all these things ended up happening. And, like, my favorite part that I just, like, started laughing at was the Bible actually has the word, like, awesome in it. There's a part where Samson's mom goes back to her husband and she's like, oh my gosh, like the angel of the Lord came and it was awesome. And so I just think that that's hilarious. But to answer the actual question, um, my favorite Bible story that I'd recommend reading, um, it's probably not a popular one, but I really love... um, the story of Rahab the prostitute in Joshua, which is in the Old Testament, and um, just all of the significance and um, everything that gets weaved between that story in the Old Testament and the New Testament, and like these promises that God had made. Um, and if you haven't read that story um, in the Bible, it really is a good one um, and kind of just really puts into perspective how many things are like weaved throughout the Bible, like this scarlet thread that Rahab had put on her window. Um, And this is around the time where um, all of the walls of Jericho like fell down, but they didn't fall inward, like something would collapse, they fell outward. And so there's a whole bunch of like history and um just a lot of like biblical truth obviously because it's in the bible um but I just really love the significance of um that story and the little details throughout so if you haven't read that I would recommend reading that and just seeing what God reveals um to you through that what about you Tace? I love that Sid um I'm like dang this is this is hard to think of just one I think First little recommendation of just um, if you're wanting to get more into the Bible um, or if you're just looking for stories in the Bible, definitely any of the parables um, that Jesus teaches and just the metaphors that he uses are just so funny. I'm like, he's just such a clever guy, but it's so fun to just read them and then find the greater meaning and like really connect it 
to so many different parts of our life now. And I just think that that's what's so cool about the Bible, that it is living, like the word of God is living and active. It is applicable. It never changes, but it will sustain for eternity, which is just so cool. But actual favorite story, um, it's super, super short actually, but in John 8, um, the story of the adulterer woman and how all of the very religious people of the time were just looking to the law of like, well, we fulfill the law and we do all these right things. And, you know, we seem religious and well, Jesus, don't you know that like, oh, we're so good. What about this woman? Like caught in the act of adultery, what are you going to do to her? And they were literally trying to catch Jesus in like a trap. I'm like, okay, no, that's not how that works. But they're like, oh, what are you going to do to her? Like the law says that if you're caught in the act of adultery, then you'll, then this person should be stoned. And he literally just looks at all of them and he's like, oh, well, whoever has not sinned can throw the first stone. And then, well, they're all like, well, shoot, like Jesus caught us in a trap because we all have sinned. And so one by one, um, from oldest to youngest, they left where Jesus was talking about all of this. And then he's just, he's just writing in the sand. Like Jesus already knew it was going to happen. He knew that they were all sinners. And he's like, looks up at the woman and he's like, oh, well, where are your condemners? Like, has no one condemned you by this point? And she's like, nope, no one has condemned me. And then he says, well, neither do I condemn you. Go and leave your life of sin. And I just think that that is so phenomenal and just applicable today, especially with you know, desiring to walk in obedience. And I think so much pride can arise in Christianity, especially of, are you fulfilling the law or not? And I just feel like as humans, we're so quick to point fingers of like, well, you know, their sin is greater than mine. And I'm like, that is just not the heart of God to view sin as greater or less than. He truly just loves us as we are and welcomes us as we are and does not condemn. He's not quick to point fingers or throw stones like these religious people were trying to do. And it really just does go to show like, no matter how much you have fulfilled the law or not, God's love for us is not about that. It is about his heart and what he sent his son to do. So it's just a very refreshing story and just puts into perspective too about how there really is no condemnation in Jesus and how there's no sin that's too heavy for him to forgive. Um, Like that was a literal living story of Jesus, like just showing his love when he was on earth. And I just love it so, so much. Mm. So please read if you get a chance. And it's super short too. It's like, honestly, only 10 or 15 verses, but it's really, really awesome. So yeah. Like we recommend reading the whole Bible. <laughs> I'm like, it's so good. We <laughs> just spoke about like the New Testament and I was speaking a little bit about the Old Testament. And it just like reminded me of just a question that I've kind of just walked um with God in like answering mm-hmm. is like oh why why did all of like if you've ever read anything in the old testament there's a lot of like bloodshed and just like hard really really hard things that I'm like okay why is this in the bible and like it mm-hmm. puts us in a heart posture cuz like yes if if I could just read the new testament like and, like, forget about the Old Testament, then, like, yes, I just, like, want to dive into, like, Jesus and his life, but we have to remember, like, the whole Bible is God-breathed, and, like, 
the Old Testament is so important and so important to grasp that, um, like, we can't forget about the Old Testament because it really just does lead us to, oh, we and this world are so lost and broken that we needed a savior. And so it's a reminder of like the need for Jesus and the need to have a relationship with him and just the beauty that is being sanctified and set apart. And, um, you know, I just want to encourage you if you haven't ever read a book of the Bible in the Old Testament, um, again, like the Bible isn't chronologically written. So um, you can look up on um, just Google like the chronological books of the Bible. And I, I think that that is just so helpful to kind of get a grasp on, hey, what did the world look like before Jesus? Because, you know, Jesus is our, our comparison point. And obviously we want to like learn about him and his walk and his teachings and what he done on earth. But we also can't forget like why we needed a savior. And, um, I think that just grasping that in the old Testament and kind of just seeing those similarities and, um, everything that's weaved through the Bible is so beautiful. And I'm just such a nerd for like symbolism and all of these different things that God really did um, do and promise us and seeing those promises throughout the Bible are just so sweet. So um, even a book of the Bible that's short that you could read in um, a few days or even a day is the book of Ruth. It's only four chapters. Um and it's super, super sweet. And so I would highly recommend reading that. But the Old Testament is a beast. It's a lot. Um, and, you know, just maybe sit and ask God, like, hey, God, like, where do you want to lead me? Like, hey, God, what book of the Bible would you recommend me reading in the season of life that I'm in? Because God knows us better than we know ourselves. And so even just like humbling, humbly coming before the Lord and saying, hey, God, like, what do you have for me? Like, what do you want to reveal to me? And I think that that is just so sweet. So, Tacey, you want to move on to the next question? Yes, I love that so much, Sid. Um, This actually just popped in my head when you were saying that Jesus is our comparison point. There are some questions and things mentioned about feeling behind um, just other believers and feeling behind in um, our walk with the Lord or feeling bad about not discipling in a while. So some people had some questions about, um, or just like what advice we would give on that. And I think the first thing is what Sid says, um, or what Sid just said is that Jesus is our only comparison. Like let that sink in. I have to let that sink in too, because it can be so easy to turn to what other people are doing or what they're not doing to be our guideline of faith and our comparison point, but that's just not true. And yes, we need to turn, not turn to, but we can look to other people that spur us on, um, to spending time with the Lord and to getting in the word and who encourage us to acts of love and good works. Um, it says that in Hebrews 10, like fellowship and community is so important to encourage one another and spur one another on to wholeheartedly, um, pursue the Lord. But we are all still messy 
sinners and human that are just imperfect. So it is very important to not let that, you know, not letting fellowship and encouragers and people around you kind of be your comparison point comparison point above Jesus. Because when I do that, I, I totally feel anxious too. I'm like, oh my gosh, like they're doing this, 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 and this. Like I'm so behind. I'm not doing enough. But really the heart posture of God is our hearts. He wants us to seek him. And by seeking him first and being fulfilled by him, then we are able to pour into others. And I think that that can be another thing too. It's like if we're just looking to the world and people around us, we might be seeking to disciple others or love on others or share truth with others from an empty cup. And our ministry or any chance that we do get to share the love of Jesus should be an outflow of his love for us first. And it really goes to say too, like he does love us first. Therefore we should love others first as well. Um, so I just also want to encourage you that, um, God is just so gentle and gracious with us and he is patient with us. And even in seasons where maybe you're struggling with comparison or feeling behind in your faith, like this is all a part of life and a journey in faith. Um, it's not a race. It's not like I have to get to this next marker and then this next marker and this next marker of the race. Like the race might take detours and twists and turns and ups and downs, but God is our constant in that. And he is always available, arms open wide. And I think that I also had to look at myself and be like, okay, why are you desiring to share faith with others? Or why are you seeking to disciple others that don't know Jesus? If I'm doing that to, again, check it off a list or to make myself appear godly or make myself appear like I have it all together or do it because these are expectations being put on me by other people, then I am doing it from the wrong heart posture. Jesus discipled as he did because it was the obedience of his heart to do so. And I just think that it's really important to remember our why behind what we're doing. Again, going back to why are we spending time with the Lord? Are we sitting in our quiet time to just check it off a list? Are we sitting in our quiet time with the Lord because our heart desires to know him better and to hear from him and to seek him first? So I just hope that encourages you. Um, Sid has been such an encouragement to me this semester of just checking my heart of like, okay, are you doing this just to say you did? Are you doing this from an earthly perspective and an earthly desire to appear godly? And it's like, that is not why Jesus came. Jesus did not come for us to just appear godly. Like he came for us to seek him because we are anything but godly. Like we're in need of a savior. So yeah, just really maybe even sitting with the Lord and being like, okay, what has been my heart posture in this area of my life? And I, I guarantee you, he'll, he'll meet you right where you're at in that and reveal to you what he wants, um, for how you're living for him. So yeah. Do you have anything else on that, Sid? Wow. Um, I just was reminded of just while you were talking taste of Luke 15, um, the parable of the lost sheep. I mean, I just want to read this over all of you listening, um, and just Tacey and I as well, just as the reminder that, like, Jesus came to rescue us, and we're already rescued, and the Lord has already heard our cry and is fighting our battles. So, like, mm -hmm. no matter what you're walking through or going through right now, 
um, like God is with you and he's closer than your breath. And um, I guess I'll just read this. It says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice for me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents that over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. So this is just a reminder that like Jesus leaves the 99 to rescue the one. And there's so much more on wonder when we put ourselves in, in, in that space of like, well, normally I, you know, and in the past have thought, oh, well, like, yeah, Jesus leaves the 99 to go find the one. Um, that might be a family member, a friend, whatever. But when we turn that and say, Jesus left the 99 to rescue me, to rescue you. Like when we put that on ourselves, like there's just so much peace and grace. I think that just like floods over and I could cry right now talking about it. Um, but Jesus, Jesus came to rescue us and that's so important. And like the community, um, aspect of it, like we have community with fellow believers. Um, and I think it's our job as, as the light of this world, like Jesus, Jesus came, he was the light of the world and he, was crucified, he died, then three days later he rose again, and now he sits at the right hand of the Father. Yet, like, we have the Holy Spirit living in us, so, like, we can share his love, light, and truth, and meet other people where they're at, and that's, like, what Jesus wants to do. So, if you're feeling behind, um, and, like, feeling behind everyone else around you, um, I would just encourage you to remember, that like Jesus is calling us to look up and look up child and not have our head on a swivel at every single person around us and saying, oh, well, like I'm not good enough because I'm not doing this or this person's doing this and that's really great. I think that there's power in rejoicing and um, really just being excited for other people and where God is leading them. But also we can't forget that God has has a purpose and a plan for our lives and for each and every one of you. And he has a word that he wants to deliver to you today that you are seen and you are heard and you are valued. And Jesus left the 99 to find you and to carry you on his shoulders. And I love um, just the description of, um, and this kind of ties into um, just like, trials that God has like brought us through and um I know Tacey and I could talk a lot more on this and um 
hopefully we will in another podcast soon, but just the idea of like, oh, well, you know, if we go through something really hard in a testing trial, it's like, but I, I couldn't see God, God with me through that. And it's like, oh, well, if you think about God having you on his shoulders, you, you don't see two sets of footprints. You see one because Jesus was carrying you and he was just rejoicing in the fact that he was able to come and pick you up and have you on his shoulders and carry you through the hard trial times. And I think that that is just such an opportunity to rejoice and be glad. And I've always wondered like, oh my gosh, how do, you know, I've heard of a lot of stories from women going through really hard trying times. And I'm like, how do, how are they rejoicing? Like, they just went through losing their husband or losing a child. And I'm like, how how are they at a point where they can just sit on their knees and like worship Jesus? Like that to me was something I really had to like work through and be like, oh, well, Jesus was carrying them through that trial and Jesus was with them even when they couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. It's like no matter what we can or can't do, like Jesus is there and he can do it because he can do all things and all things are possible with him. And so um, I also love just in, in that parable of joy and when it says, just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous person who need no repentance. Um, and I just, I just love that because Jesus was the man, the the son of God who, who received sinners and welcomed them and ate with them, like having, having community. And I think that's what, you know, in college we are called to do is have community, have fellowship, meet people where they're at, um, and really just share the love and joy and peace that is is Jesus and the gospel and share, you know, all the hard things that we've walked through and being vulnerable. And there's a difference between vulnerability and transparency. And I think, um, you know, when we are vulnerable alone, it can be really scary and bring out a lot of fear. But when we're vulnerable with others, that brings out bravery. And I think that you know, we all want to be brave and we all want to be courageous. And that is something that Jesus, you know, Jesus makes us brave because he left the 99 to find the one. Like he wasn't, he wasn't scared to leave the 99 because he wanted, he wanted you. He wanted to rescue you and pick you up on his shoulders and remind you of your identity and everything that he loves about you and how he sees you. Um, And I think that if we just sit with a heart posture and really ask God, like, why, why am I feeling angry or upset about not discipling or maybe not having the community that I once had? It's like, oh, there's a story in, um, 
judges, I believe, about Gideon, and um, he he was stripped away from from everything that he thought he needed. Yet Jesus Jesus knows our needs more than we ever could, and so when God fulfills our needs and pushes us into a place of furthering and deepening our deepening our intimacy with Him. Um, I think that there's a heart shift and a posture change of knowing like, hey, maybe you're not in a place of discipling women because you might not have a mentor. Um, I'm trying to remember, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a brain fart on the three names, but there's, um, three men in the Bible that I'm trying to remember. We'll put it in the description when I remember it. I'll be like, this guy, this guy, this guy. <laughs> um, it's like, you know, it's so important to have a mentor pouring into you and then having community around you that can encourage you and, and spur you on. And so that would be like fellow believers and um, just other people in um, your same, you know, season of life. So whether that be you know, girls that are single or girls that are in, you know, godly relationships, or maybe you're married and you're also walking with life with other married women, um, things like that. It's like, oh, okay, we, we should have mentorship that can lead us and has wise counsel. Then we have people who um, are in our same season of life. And then we have like that third level of okay, now we take all of that and turn it into, hey, I'm going to really lead and disciple maybe a younger generation. And also knowing that, like, um, age doesn't define, like, discipleship. Like, someone younger could be discipling you. And I think that that's so special. And someone younger than you could be mentoring you and really just encouraging you. So that takes risk um, to go out and find mentorship and discipleship and if that's something that you know God has put on your heart to really hunger and crave for um it really just does take that that bravery to just send a text like hey can we go get coffee like I I have questions and I just you know really am inspired by you and would love to just learn more and grow um in community which is so important and I could talk for five hours about that but know that you're not alone and you're seen and you're heard and um, you you are a daughter of the one true king and you are the crown of creation and you're made on a purpose for a purpose and um, the enemy is going to try to push and pull you away from what God has already set in motion and so know that like what what God has put um, and what God has created let no man destroy let no man take away um and oh my gosh it's just it's amazing and Jesus wants your heart and wants you to know that um he's with you he's he's either got you on his shoulders or he's holding your hand he's shoulder to shoulder with you he goes before you and behind you and beside you and all around you, um, each and every single moment of every day. Um, and so I just hope that 
all of that blesses you. And I'm like, I don't even really know what I was saying. So that was really just the Holy Spirit. I'm like, I'm going to go listen to this podcast back and it's going to be a whole nice little boomerang effect. <laughs> Sid, that was amazing. Um, thank you so much for just encouraging and sharing all of that. Um, I just thought of something too that I want to share. Um, also when talking about discipling and stuff, um, I don't know where I heard this from. Might have heard this this past summer through the um, nine week discipleship program I actually got to do. But um, that discipleship is not a state, but a pursuit. Um, and that also, too, my sweet friend Carly, Carl, if you're listening, I love you. Um, but she reminded me, too, like we were just kind of reminding each other that. First of all, we could lead, say, in our lifetime, one person to Christ, or we could lead a thousand people and God would literally love us no more, no less. Like there's nothing that we can do or not do to make God love us any more, any less. And also on discipling and leading, I want to share um, Romans 1, 16 through 17, which I might kind of biff this exact, but <laughs> it states that, um, I'm not ashamed about the good news about Christ for it is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes first the Jew, then the Gentile. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith for it is by faith that a righteous person has life. So it is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes like we do not save ourselves. We do not save anyone. Yes, we are called to share this good news. Like we are entrusted with literally the cure to death. Like that is, that just wrecks me. Like I just, that, see that grace, that love, that truth being poured into me then makes me want to be like, oh my gosh, I want people to know about this. Like I want people to know about Jesus. This is amazing, you know? But again, it is the power of him at work. And also even just like not relying on ourselves to disciple because um, we really can do, like the Bible says, we can do nothing apart from him. So really relying on persistent prayer. I mean, I've seen more spiritual hunger when I persistently pray and over some, like over someone's um, desire to know the Lord. Like I see, have seen in my life more of a difference in their desire to know him than even me saying, doing anything, you know, it's like, it truly is the power of him at work to move and to move in people's hearts and move in the hearts of others to desire to know him. So again, we are called to share, like, this is good news we've been entrusted with, but just all gets intertangled with our heart posture and sitting before the Lord and just really letting him move and letting him use us as little vessels and pieces of his body. It's not on our own doing or relying on our own selves to do it, but really letting him move us to where he wants us to lead or where he wants us to serve or where he wants us to love. So just kind of um, remembering to just how we need to rely on him in anything and everything, but especially his strength and his power to transform people. Um, that That's all him. So yeah. Wow, that's good. I'm like snaps for that. 
everyone listening who, you know, sorority mm-hmm. life, you just see a little snap, snap, snap. Oh, yes. Should we ask some of the fun questions, some of the random questions, or are there any others that you're thinking of, Sid? Um, yeah. Let's jump into uh, what do you enjoy doing just for fun? Oh, I love it. You want to go? Yeah. Um, well, first thing I can think of is dance. I love dancing. I grew up dancing competitively. Thank you. Competitively. But now I've really just found that it is just a sweet gift from the Lord. That, um, is just like such a stress relief for me. And even just like listening to worship music and being able to dance and do like lyrical and jazz and stuff. And then also just making up dances with my friends. I'm a complete nerd for that. I'm like, catch me anywhere. I'm making up a dance. City Brig, shout out to you, girl. We're always yeah. making up those dances. <laughs> like Halloween, little dance off. We had yes. a dance party competition. That was amazing. I'm like, yes, we are 20 years old. And yes, that is what we do for fun. So, you know, mm-hmm. I just have a grand old time doing anything dance related. So, yeah. What about you, Sid? Gosh, um, I, and not a lot of people know this about me, just they're like, what you do? I love painting and mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I'm super artistically like gifted or talented, but it's just something that I love to do and is really stress relieving for me and something I can just do. And I think that there's such a beauty in like being able to paint or draw, do whatever, and not have it be perfect, but have it just be like something that I'm really excited and proud to like make a work of art. And I was talking to one of my friends the other day. There are some exciting things that God has put on our hearts lately. And so just stay tuned in the next couple of months because there might be something being announced, which is super exciting. Um, I won't give away too many details, but I was talking um, to one of my friends and I have a pineapple painted on my wall. I wish this was like, you know, a video because then I could show y'all, but I'll just let your imaginations you know, picture all of it. So I have a pineapple painted on my wall in watercolor, and it was just such a sweet reminder from the Lord of, like, I don't know, me just getting in my head and, like, a lot of, like, my perfectionism, like, tendencies and trying to just, like, achieve and perform. And it was just getting really down on myself, and God just had this sweet reminder as I looked up at this pineapple I painted on my wall, he's like, Sydney, just go paint the pineapple. Like, just Mm -hmm. go paint and, like, do something that you enjoy and you do for fun and you don't have to, like, worry about or stress or, like, just be, like, overwhelmed and, like, consumed with, oh, but, like, I have to make this great. It's like, just Mm -hmm. go paint the pineapple. Um, So I think that that's... That's funny and that's sweet, but I really enjoy painting and art and crafts and things like that. So I love that. And just like a reminder that um 
I mean, I'm looking at this other question, who inspires you and why, and I actually thought of um, Tori and Chad Masters on YouTube. Y'all, if you have not seen their videos, go and watch every single one. Cindy knows I'm obsessed, but it's because they're just so real and honest and just have so much encouragement and truth. Um, So many of their videos are faith-related, and they're just living out God's call over their life and being so honest and real along the way to just help others walking through similar things. But they were just saying in one of their videos, like God is not surprised by our shortcomings. Like even, I mean, I read this in purpose driven life to great book. Um, it's like God literally still uses his people and calls us to bigger and greater things in ourselves with human sin and error in mind. Like he is not surprised when we fall short and that's not out of like any anger or condemnation towards us so that I don't know just painting the pineapple just pineapple just kind of reminds me like just go do go take that leap of faith just release you know and I'm like I'm talking to myself here because this is something that I'm struggling with and walking through right now but really just trying to surrender that over to God it's like we don't have to have it all together and then go. We don't have to have everything figured out and then go. We don't have to be perfect because, well, one, will never be perfect and then go. Like, I feel like sometimes God's just like, just go and I'll, I'll pick up the messy parts. I'll, I'll take care of the shortcomings. Like my grace is sufficient in your weakness. Don't even worry. I've got it all taken care of. Just go. And I think that's just so beautiful too about his love for us that he just wants to use us even when we don't have it all figured out or when we want to try to control or be perfect. He's like, hey, I I am bigger than that. I am greater than that. Like my power and purpose reigns over any um, stressor or fear or imperfection. Like, no, he's like, go paint the pineapple. So I love that, Sid. <laughs> that was amazing. Oh my goodness. Um, I was also just thinking you could answer this question. Mm-hmm. Um, you can speak on this first. How do I know I'm finding Jesus for myself rather than my partner asking me to? Oh boy. This is a loaded question. <laughs> um, This is kind of fun because there's two different perspectives. I'm single right now. Sydney is not. So you can kind of hear from like both perspectives, I guess. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think really finding Jesus for yourself, I think the first thing that pops into my head is if you are not in that relationship, would you still be desiring to seek the Lord and know him or um, say going to church or doing anything faith related? Like, would you stop doing that if that person was not in your life? Um, And I know that's kind of like, Uh, maybe a question where you have to be really honest with yourself and honest with God. But I think that that's just like a really important reminder because if you are doing it for the other person and maybe they are an encouragement um, to you in faith, but I think that seeking Jesus is an intimate relationship with him and he wants to know you. Like Sid was saying, he left the 99 for you. So even just letting that be an encouragement of like, okay, am I trying to do the church faith thing because of this other person to uh, make this other person approve of me, you know, to meet their expectations. But just knowing that God, the creator of the universe, the one that sent his one and only son to die for us, 
meets us right where we're at, I think might be an encouragement for you to find a relationship with Jesus on your own, whether maybe you truly are finding a relationship with him um, for your own self. And that's amazing. And even if you're not, that's okay too, because God, again, is going to meet you right where you're at. But I think it is important to just have the intimacy with Jesus and knowing who you are in him before um, looking to the world or looking to a relationship to fill any void that only God can fill. So I hope that helps. Yeah. Yeah. No, Chase, that was so good. I would also maybe just think about, um, you know, some of us growing up, like we went to church, like I myself Mm. went to Sunday school, like my, my parents' faith was my faith. And like growing up, it was, oh, I was five years old. Like I couldn't get myself to church. Like (laughs) there's just kind of, you know, practical things of like I was five I could I mean I probably could make it to church like walking down the street. I'm like I don't even know how a five-year-old by themselves could like go to church it's like not all about church but it's like a five-year-old can have a relationship with the Lord huh. which I think is like so sweet and just like that childlike faith anyways sorry that was a little off topic um thinking of okay is is your partner's faith your your faith like are are you relying on their faith and their relationship with God to really fill fill what you you desire with God and if just like Tacey said if you weren't in that relationship with that person and again I think this question could go for like family or siblings or whatever it's like oh or even friends too. It's like, okay, is is my faith reliant on someone else or is my faith solely reliant on what Jesus did on the cross? And I think that there's a lot of encouragement that can come um, from a significant other, um, boyfriend, girlfriend, family member, friend that can really continue to like spur us on and really lead us down the right path. Um, and I would, I would just ask like, Hey, are you putting this person above God? Because then that, that just leads down to a really rocky, bumpy road. Um, and really just being able to come to a point and praying and asking the Lord, like, I want you to be ultimately ultimate in my life regardless of the friendships and the people around me. I think those are all sweet blessings, but um, just from your question, like, how do I know I'm finding Jesus for myself um, rather than my partner asking me to? Um, I think maybe something to ask is, is your relationship um, with God founded on a relationship with someone else? Or is it truly focused on what Jesus has done on the cross and what God is doing in your life to to just set you free and save you? And um, I just want to encourage you that, like, Jesus also, this could be like a whole nother podcast, but um, God doesn't see us as, like, 
dating, like, I'm in a relationship right now with the sweetest godly man ever, and um, God doesn't see us as, as dating, because dating wasn't in the Bible. That's not something that Jesus sees. It's God sees singleness and marriage, and again, this could be a whole another podcast, and um, just one thing I'm going to say before um, I just move on is I think that the church um, sometimes can put marriage on this pedestal and kind of leave singleness kind of just in this waiting area of like, oh, well, like the next step is marriage. Like if you're single, then you're not glorifying God the same as like you would be married. And I think that that's totally misconstrued. Um, just in the fact that, like, when, like, marriage doesn't, doesn't change you. Like, you will, you will be one with your husband or your wife, um, but then again, you're not glorifying the Lord anymore, any less being single or being married. Um, I think that there's just different seasons of life and different blessings and um anyways sorry that was off topic like we have so many so many things we could chat about um but I just want to encourage you that um asking these questions is a really good starting point and Mm -hmm. really trying to figure out like who am I how does Jesus see me and making that like the the focus of like hey i i think it's really great that um you know your boyfriend girlfriend may be asking you like hey um i'm really you know sharing about their faith and their relationship with the lord but if that's what you're basing your faith on then um i would just you know try and spend some time with god really trying to figure out like what does faith look like to you and why do you want to follow Jesus? What things has he done in your life? And knowing that he died on the cross to, to be able to save you and like you were saved. Um, so I just, there's a lot to that question. Um, but know that you're loved and God loves you and wants you to have a relationship with him solely based on an intimacy with him versus like an intimacy um, in a relationship with another person and like what, what they're doing to like follow Jesus. I think that there's a lot of power that comes from knowing, um, you know, when two people are, are really living their lives for Jesus and knowing that he's ultimately ultimate, then there's a lot of peace and like glorification that can come of like, oh, now those two people are like walking in life together Mm -hmm. and, and they're not, you know, trying to play God for the other person. Um, and I think that that's just something to to remember is like, um, you know, no matter how how hard we try, we're going to 
um, fail people and people are going to fail us, but just sitting on the promise of like Jesus never fails and his love endures forever. And so just setting ourselves on that firm foundation, knowing that God says is says who he says he is and having that be the forefront of our faith. Um, and oh my gosh, so much. So taste, I think the last couple questions and then we'll wrap it up for this episode. Um, how is having a faith in college? Um, and how do you restrain from temptations? Oh yes, sister. This is a good question. Um, so first, how is having faith in college? Well, I actually have been really meditating on this a lot lately. Um, in John 15, it's Jesus is talking and he says, you did not choose me, I chose you. And tidbit on my testimony, but that it cannot be more true. I definitely grew up in a Christian home, which I'm very thankful for. But again, kind of the idea of um, my faith was just like a here and there kind of thing um, because of what my family believed. And I definitely, I had like literally thought, will I follow Jesus in college? Will I go to church in college? Will I go to youth group in college? Will I read my Bible? And I actually really did enjoy all those things. And I think that's why I was asking myself those questions before college. Um, but my answer was no, I just didn't see that being a part of my life at that point, but praise the Lord because he is so big and so good. And again, he chose me. Um, I just, I just am in awe that he just sought me out and recklessly pursued me, um, my freshman year, especially. And, um, halfway through my freshman year was when I made the choice for myself to give my life to Christ. And I would say that I actually started pursuing him wholeheartedly, um, about six months after that, after just some things that I walked through just really made me realize, wow, I do need Jesus. And I do want, I want to lay down my life for what he has for me and stop living for the world and for, um, my own fleshly desires. So that does connect to how do I restrain from temptations? Um, yeah, that's, that's super tough, but I just have totally seen God rid, um, some very earthly desires and temptations from my life, like wholeheartedly removed them from my life, um, which is just such a testament to his grace and just his love. Um, and I've seen him do that in so many lives of people around me as well. So I think just going into it, knowing that it is possible, um, but it's also okay that we are tempted, just knowing that we are human, that we are weak to our flesh. Like that is like, even the enemy tempted Jesus, like Jesus endured temptation too. He's not surprised by when we are tempted, but knowing that he set the example to overcome it and by his strength and grace, we can too. Um, I really meditated a lot on Romans 12 too, um, at the beginning of this year, actually. And that was something that I just continued to seek Jesus for. Um, as soon as I stopped comparing myself to, well, this person does this and they're Christian and this person doesn't do this and they're Christian. Okay. Well, where can I you know, find my, my, my fit of it. And I was turning to people for the standard. Again, Jesus is our comparison point, not other people. Um, and also to just remembering, I, I was trying to get so close to the line without actually crossing it, like trying to do so many earthly things without 
you know, really doing the things that I, at the end of the day, didn't want to be doing, but I was like still dancing around the idea of those temptations. And honestly, like Jesus wants us to run from the line, like get as far away from the line as we can. And that's tough. And it is a process and definitely just being gracious to yourself, not in a way of abusing God's grace, but I look back and there are so many times where I fell short to things that my own standards were like, oh, you weren't going to do that again. But what did I do? I did it again because I'm human. And again, I'm weak to the flesh. But that was a whole journey of continually seeking him as I did fall short was when he really did um, rid those desires from my life completely. And also, I think that who you're around is a big testament of who you are. Um, I think that the influence of people and like what their decisions were had an influence on me and what my decisions were. And I started um, really just diving into Christian community in college and just seeing how they were just so filled with joy and peace and excitement and having fun. And you're not so typical college scene fun was just like, holy cow, I want this more than the temptation. Like this is better. Like I've been trying to find this in the tempting settings I was putting myself in. And I'm like, heck, I don't want that. I want this amazing life-giving, peace-giving life with Jesus and all of the friends that he's given me that um, really just see see that in the same way. And again, back to Romans 12 too, it says, do not conform to the patterns and behaviors of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Then you will go know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. So just remembering um, the idea of temptation too and following the Lord, God does not give us commandments or um, just his will out of being this God that wants to restrict us or God that doesn't want us to have fun or be fulfilled. If anything, he gives us guidelines and commandments because he wants to protect us and he knows what's best for our heart. So just again, looking at the heart of God when facing temptation and that he is gracious and patient and loving and his discipline is because he loves us and because he actually wants so much more for us than maybe what we're living for right now. So. Yeah. So good, Chase. Oh my goodness, I love that. Thank you for sharing. And I just know that that will be such a blessing to everyone listening. Um, I guess answering this question for me, how is having um, a faith and just a relationship with Jesus in college? Um, I think that my freshman year um, of college, it was kind of a transition from you know, the, this faith and this relationship with God that was more so founded on my family and, like, what what my parents were doing and what my parents expected and how they were leading um, and really just stepping into finding my own faith and my own relationship with Jesus, which is unique um, and that's unique for each and every one of us and um, I just think that it's so sweet to be able to, um, be around other believers, but also be around people that don't yet know Jesus or maybe grew up, um, going to church or, um, maybe they haven't ever heard of Jesus. Maybe they were, they were really hurt by someone who, um, claim to follow Jesus, um, and ultimately, I just think it's so 
so sweet to be able to be in an environment like a college campus where there's so much diversity and so many, you know, different beliefs and, you know, thoughts and ideas and walks of life and really just being able to, like, come alongside other people around me and not, like, overwhelm them with, like, my faith, like, my relationship and, like, sharing things that God has done, but really just living out of a place of loving and serving those around you. Um, and it goes back to we we all have influence, no matter if we recognize recognize it or know it or not. Like, we all have influence on the people around us each and every day. So it's it's the question of, oh, well, what are you going to do with that influence and the things that God has entrusted to you um, and, and the blessings that God has provided? And I think it's so important to love, you know, the fellowship and the community and the people around you. But if you're not stepping out and putting your faith into action with people that don't think the same, don't believe the same, don't walk the same as you, um, like, it, it, it's so imperative that our faith is a relationship with God, but that's not the stopping point. Like, Jesus, Jesus did not come and die on a cross for us to keep our relationships with him private. And, like, on a password-locked, like, you know, just thing in our, in our hearts and our brains, like, we are to share and to share our testimonies and what God has done in our lives through the trials and the testing and all of these different things so that by his blood and the power of testimony, like others will be set free. Like, I just think that that's, that's so important. And in order to do that, it really comes from a heart posture of like taking up your cross dying to yourself and saying, I am less, I need to decrease, I need to be less prideful and selfish and self-centered and look up and focus on the one who came after me. Jesus died so that you may be set free and that you may live a life that is full of joy and abundance and grace and that you would have power and authority and a close, intimate relationship with God that is so, so proximate that, that you can't not share what God has done in your life. Um, and, and dying to yourself and really just serving those around you and knowing, like, it's not about you. Like, it's not about us. But yet, we have this responsibility to to share and to meet people where they're at and to serve and just reminded me of Matthew 26 um and Jesus this is right before Jesus is arrested um and before um Jesus is crucified and um there's a part that says um Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says 
Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So going off of that second part of that question, how do you restrain from temptations? It really is just knowing like our flesh is weak. And if you are relying on the world and your flesh to say, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. Or, you know, I really felt convicted about this and I'm not going to do that again. It's like our flesh is weak and our our flesh and the world wants wants us to have these temporary feel-good things that ultimately will leave us just not feeling great and feeling, you know, down and not in a good place. But the Spirit is willing. Like the Holy Spirit will will you to say no to the temptation and to walk in the fruit that is Jesus and his word. And so even having um, scriptures that just remind you of Jesus and his love and scriptures that point like point out more of your story and what Jesus did in your life. Um, Psalm 86 11 is something that is constantly just in my heart and like between like my brain and my heart just stirring is Teach me your ways, Lord. I will walk in your truth. Make my heart undivided to fear your name. Like, make my heart undivided to obey and trust you and not be pulled like elastic girl from the Incredibles, like one way and another. Like, I don't want to be pulled from the world away from God. I want to, to fully let go of the world and walk in freedom towards my heavenly father and know that the more I allow the Holy Spirit in me to will me towards God, the less the world is able to weaken my flesh even more. Um, And so I just hope that that's an encouragement to you of really just knowing like Jesus is so steadfast that once, once that clicks, there there is a willingness of, oh my gosh, I didn't need that temporary thing that, that made me feel good. I need Jesus because cause that's eternal and that's forever and that's steadfast and God keeps his promises and uh, I just am in awe and like total fear of God knowing that, you know, I want I want to know his ways. Like teach me your ways, Lord. I will walk in your truth because the spirit is willing and we we have to be watchful and pray. Um, just like it says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The enemy wants, wants to put this little rope in front of our foot and just watch us trip over it into temptation, into what he's putting before us saying, oh, here, you're wounded, you're hurt, this person hurt you. You have this scar. Oh my gosh. Look at what's across this little rope that is temporary, that will numb, that will temporarily, quote unquote, fix what has happened or what has been done to you. Yet on the other side of that is is character and endurance that builds when we, it, it all starts with an answer. It's a no to the enemy. 
It's a no to signing a contract Mm -hmm. with the enemy and saying, no, I'm not going to fall into that temptation because I know what is true and I know who, who set me free and who died on the cross so that I have a choice to say no to the enemy with Mm -hmm. my will, with the willing of the Holy Spirit and say, no, I'm going to walk in your truth, God. And I, after, after that first no of like, nope, I'm going to, I'm going to choose to turn away, to repent, to say, I'm going to do a 180. And instead of sitting in front of that, that snare and that, that just point of the enemy tripping you up, you turn around and you walk with a confidence in your feet from your head to your toes into your heavenly father's arms. And that is what freedom feels Mm -hmm. like. And that is what freedom is, is saying no to the enemy, closing the doors and the windows to the enemy and walking, walking with open arms to your heavenly father that is waiting for you and who has waited with, with patience that is graceful and true and and to just sit there and say yes god i i want my heart to be undivided i want my heart to know you and i want my heart posture to automatically say enemy you're nothing go away because jesus wins and that is the power of the holy spirit and oh my goodness i don't even know what i just said <laughs> so Good, Sid. And one more thing, because I know this is a long episode, but I just love talking about all these things. Um, One more thing that I was thinking about when you were saying all that is just really emphasizing that we do have a choice. Like, we do have a choice to say no to whatever um, temptations the enemy is trying to throw our way and knowing that um, we don't have to rely on our own strength to carry out the saying no and also to to seek um I really encourage you to seek accountability because having accountability buddy being like hey I've been really struggling with this and the enemy is just throwing these ropes left and right to try to trip me up and tempt me even more um would you just would you just help me to walk in what the Lord is desiring me to walk in like I know that um, especially fellow believers, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna help you. They're gonna walk alongside you and be like, Hey, I've been there. Like, let's do this thing. Let's say no enemy. You do not have power over me. No, 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 no. We are conquerors of the enemy. In James four, I believe it says, resist the enemy and he will flee from you. Draw near to the Lord and the Lord will draw near to you. And I think that that's really where it does click, where it's like, holy cow, I am a conqueror of Satan. And as I do choose and say yes to the Lord and his will for my life, like he is there arms open wide being like, oh yeah, like I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting for you because this is what I have for you instead. Like the enemy is so deceiving and he's going to make it seem like all these temptations are the better option. And I promise you that they aren't eternally, you know, like they, they may be, they might be for that temporary fix, but that eternal lasting, sustaining fulfillment, they're, they're not it. And, um, there's one more thing else I want to say about this, but maybe it just slipped my brain. 
that's okay. All the points. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's it then. Is there anything else, Sid? Oh my gosh. I just think it's so important to remember that when the enemy fell from heaven, he he didn't lose his power, but he lost all of his authority. Um, because authority directly equals your proximity to God. And so just knowing that, and if you haven't read the book of Ephesians, would highly encourage you to read it, but um, I'm pretty sure it's in Ephesians 6, um, just putting on the full armor of God and knowing that, you know, you going back to, I remembered what I was going to say, going back to what Tacey was talking about. Um, also, I just have to say, I just love chatting, even though like we can't hear you guys like respond. <laughs> I just, this just like fills my heart and my soul with so much joy and love. And I'm just in awe of God. Like what? We get to do this and like we get to chat and like talk about Jesus and like glorify his name. Anyways, um, love that. So just going back to what Tacey said about like finding accountability, I think that that's so important. That's something that I'm walking through in just like my friendships and my life right now is knowing, you know, when you need help and like just humbling yourself to know like, hey, I can't do this on my own and I really need someone I can trust and um, confess X, Y, Z, um, and really just dive into a relationship that is so sweet, full of encouragement and spurring one another on and saying, Hey, I know you've really been struggling with this. Like, how can I help? How can I serve you? Like, what do you need from me? Um, and also if you're, you're in a place of maybe just getting caught up and tripped up, um, in this season, knowing that, you know, there's so much power in, in recognizing the root of whatever that temptation is coming from. And even, even coming to God in prayer or journaling and saying like, Hey, I feel really tempted to do X, Y, Z. Um, I am having a really hard time and like journaling and really trying to find the root of, Oh, why am I feeling tempted about this? Is there, is there an unhealed hurt? Is there something that's going on in your life that has left you vulnerable so that the enemy can plant these little temptations in front of you and say, Hey, I know you have like this scar or that person really hurt you and you're hurting right now. Like go look at this or like, go look at that, go do this because that'll help. Those are all lies from the enemy and knowing that temptations do not come from Jesus. Temptations come from the enemy. Mm -hmm. Testing comes from God and testing is what produces more endurance and more character in our relationship with the Lord. And so also having that distinction of if you're feeling tempted to go do X, Y, Z, that is not from God. Um, Mm -hmm. That's from the enemy and we can just shut that down. And I know it sounds so just like easy to say but it really is hard and I want you to know like you're not alone like 
we are all constantly tempted. And just like Tacey was saying, the more time we spend in prayer, the more time we really just let God have our heart and let God heal our hearts, um, the more he's going to heal those wounds that the, that the enemy in the world are going to try and stick a knife in and then say, oh, you need XYZ to feel better when in actuality and reality, like all we need is Jesus. And oh my goodness, we could talk forever. And I've said that like eight times throughout this podcast. But um, I think that we will end it there. And um, just some info for the future. We got so many sweet questions um, and are just so encouraged by every single one of you and know that we're praying for you and your hearts and we'll pray before we jump off, but we are going to do a part two to this, so stay tuned and if you have any other questions, feel free to message us, DM us on Instagram, text us, um, and let us know if there's anything in specific you need prayer for, um, we want to be um, just like serving you and helping you guys out. So if there's anything in this season of life that you really need prayer for, um, if you need to be prayed over, um, feel free to message us and we can give you our numbers if you don't have it already and set up a call or something um, and know that you're loved and you're seen and you're heard. And um, Jesus is incredible and amazing. Um, we love you guys and we'll pray. Yay. Do you want me to call and then you hang up? Yes, ma'am. I love it. All right. Um, dear God, thank you so much just for this time. Um, I know Sid and I just enjoy this so much and we feel like just being able to talk about all these things is just such a gift from you, God. I just pray um, for everyone listening, Lord, that you would just really stir in their hearts, God, to just seek you, to just lay everything down that maybe they've been struggling with, wrestling with, um, tempted by, overwhelmed, or confused by. God, I just pray that they would just lay it all at your feet, Lord, and that they would just seek you, God. I just pray that in time in your word and time in prayer, God, that they would just see you moving in their lives, Lord, and that you would just meet them right um, where they're at, because that's just the humble heart, um, that you have. And we just praise you for that, Lord. We just pray that you'd be with everyone in their friends and family members in this time. God, I know things are still overwhelming and confusing, but we know that you are in control. Um, you're not confused by any of this, God. And we just trust you in this season. Trust you always, God. We need you. We love you. And we thank you for what you're doing right here, right now. Mm. Father, I just praise your name and um, rejoice um, of the good news and just your word that it's ever present, everlasting, and that it's it's breathed by you um, for us so that we may have um, a deeper, intimate relationship with you, um, knowing your your truth. Um, God, I just ask that you help us continue um, to just walk in your truth walk in your ways. Um, God, I just ask that today and for every day forward, um, you really just continue to make our hearts undivided to fear your name, to trust your name, to obey your name 
wholeheartedly and fully, God. Um, Lord, I just pray over each and every sweet friend and honeybee listening right now, God, um, that they may have a word delivered from you um, to them right now about whatever they're walking through, whatever they're going through right now. God, I know that you just have so much grace, so much love to pour out onto your your sons and daughters, and I ask that that just be multiplied in your name, God, um, for everyone um, just walking through this tumultuous season, God, I just ask that there be peace, um, and that the celebration, um, of your son being born on earth, that we just be reminded of your truth and your promise and, um, the one who left the 99 to find us and to walk with us and to go before us and behind us and beside us, God, and all around us, um, God, I just ask that um, as we go throughout this week, we are reminded that we um, have the power to serve those around us and to humble ourselves and find a posture of selflessness and go out um, with with friends, with family, into the world um, with a posture of love and grace and truth and spreading your love and light. God, help us to listen louder than we speak um, and listen to you and what you want to reveal to our hearts and not be so busy and caught up in the noise of the world and everything around us, but really just sit with you and ask you, God, um, what you have for us. Um, Lord, we thank you and we love you and it's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yay. Thank you, everyone. I know. I'm like, I don't want to end. I just want to talk forever. (laughs) Oh, we're so thankful for you all. Yes, we love you. And we hope that this Q&A just blesses you um, in your week. And um, if you feel led to share it with someone close to you, may that just bless them and everyone um, that you see or talk to um or touch this week so we love you and we're thankful for each and every one of you um and we'll talk to you soon check out our instagram at honeycomb.podcast for more encouragement and love throughout the week you are so loved can't wait to chat with you soon love your honeycomb gals